This episode of Down to Business is brought to you by Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, guiding our local communities to better health for over 50 years. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review, bringing you our Down to Business podcast for May 28th, 2020. Wow, this year's going fast, isn't it? And in some ways, it's been going really slow. Kind of one of these uh, borderline personality years. Uh, anyway, um, today we have our usual staff members that come here and discuss some of the stuff going on in the Hampshire business world. We have Bob Sanders and Lisa Ryla. We're going to start with Bob this, this week. And I think it's something that's been happening ever so slowly in New Hampshire, but it seems to be picking up some momentum, and that's what they call the reopening of the New Hampshire economy. Bob's been covering this, covering the uh, various meetings of the economic, the governor's economic reopening task force and other things. So, Bob, could you talk a little bit about what you've uh, seen right now, up to now, in terms of what business, what industries are open, how much they can open, that kind of stuff? Well, you know, in the beginning, it was like, and and still is, the task force been meeting every day, uh, trying to to basically talk about the different parameters that uh, and guidelines that almost every injure 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 every every uh, type of business will need to reopen, uh, and uh, like they did today, they did funeral homes. Um, but they're starting to run out. Um, what's happening is they they come up with nearly, you know, the the majors, and um, and it's beginning to pile up at the governor as he needs to decide uh, with the um, with the parameters of the you know of of the caseloads and how much uh, how much is is uh, uh, you know how 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 many cases, how many deaths, and whether it's, you know, they need to uh, slow down or speed up. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's not much more that the reopening task force can do. And it's now moving into the stage where they're thinking, well, we just have to monitor. What about businesses who disobey? There's also a prob- a concern from businesses that some towns may not allow Reopening, or they may have additional um, additional restrictions. I, I know there's some towns that are considering mandating masks um, for customers as well as businesses, as well as employees. So it's we're at a, a stage where there's certain things that are reopened. There's supposed to be an announcement on tomorrow, on Friday. Um, for more reopening, it might be a major one. We do not know. Um, right now, what we have is the restaurants for outdoors. We have um, we have the um, retail inside. Um, we have um, we have some outdoor small things like uh, uh, boat rides. We have weddings if they're outdoors. Um, we have uh, things like uh, hairdressing and cosmetology and even uh, tattoo artists. We have drive-in movies, but we don't have some major things like um, like lodging, for instance. We yeah. don't have indoor dining. Uh, 
summer. You know, we don't have uh, outdoor activities. We we have beaches, but you can't sit down. Uh, that's supposed to start on June first, and um, so we're we're in as basically a flux. And then the the question, well, the, then the question is who's which businesses are going to open up and which how many customers are they going to get? Yeah, I, I've noticed that in just looking around in Manchester and some other cities or towns I've been in that it's it, it depends on where you are. There, there are some places where businesses that you know could be open are not open yet. And uh, I guess it's obviously that they're, they're concerned about their, you know, what, if they open, you know, will the customers come in and frequent their business? And is it going to be enough customers to, to, to justify reopening at this point? But the other thing I wanted to ask you yeah. is, you, you, brought, you brought up this idea about uh, disobeying the governor's, you know, ignoring the governor's order. What is the status of that? I know there's a, there was a pretty big thing going on up north where a racetrack blatantly just opened up, opened up the doors and let in a couple hundred people to watch races. I mean, what, what's the status of that? Where, where's the governor on that? Well, he's, you know, he likes, he says he likes to work with businesses. Uh, the problem is whether businesses want to work with him. Um, <laughs> and most, most will, but there always are going to be a few. Um, there are a couple of gyms that, that originally opened up, um, and, uh, were shut down. There are a couple of hotels that are starting to rent out. Um, there's the, you know, they're getting contacted by health departments, by police, the attorney general, uh, you know, but what he exactly does, they're not sure. One of the things they're starting to do is develop guidelines. I were talking about this today at the task force um, of enforcement. What, what do you do for enforcing this, this, uh, this, these uh, guidelines? Um, and uh, so that's, that's the whole next, next phase of this. Um, but I, you know, I agree in terms of business, sometimes, like for instance, I had to get my bike fixed, and I I brought my my uh, and the you know the everything was closed Memorial Day weekend, but I went to one bike shop that I don't normally go. They're they're closed now. The bike shop that I did go to, they're busy like heck, and yes. um, and but this other one wouldn't open up. So this guy huh. has all the business in in concrete, and. Uh, it's, you know, so there's business there. They don't want to open up for whatever reason. Maybe there isn't enough. Maybe they can't get employees uh, to come in. Um, you know, there's there's all sorts of reasons uh, uh, why people won't open up. And then, you know, some some places may not get many customers. I've, I've seen, uh, you know, outdoor dining with, you know, 10, 12 tables and some places are full, but some, you know, there's only one or two that are being full. So is it worth it for that? Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you know, when you think about it, when you look at restaurants that have the outdoor dining, you know, some, especially the ones that are downtown, they have just a limited number of seats they can have on the sidewalks there, you know, five, six, maybe, maybe eight tables. And, uh, you know, you realize that indoors, inside the restaurant is where all the tables are. And they can't have anybody there, so is, is it even worth opening up the restaurant for that? But a lot of them are making that decision that that's that it's better than not having any presence at all. 
but I, I, well, I just lodging, I, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, the lodging, uh, the lodging and restaurant association said it was uh, uh, they expected only 40 percent to to open up. And just one other fact to throw out there, you know, the unemployment rate of the there are about seven thousand uh, last week uh, applied for uh, unemployment. Now uh, that's less. It keeps on going down every week, but it used to be about 500 new people would apply for employment. So some people are going back to work. In fact, only uh, about 5,000 less people are collecting than before. So some people are going back in, but then you have 7,000 who are, are now saying they're un- unemployed. So you have, it's, it's really a state of flux. We're not, it's not like we're we're reducing the unemployment rolls very much at this point. We still have, you know, over a hundred. Well, there are more more than almost two hundred thousand new claims now, wow. and um, only uh, and there's about a hundred and a uh, hundred nine thousand are 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 still collecting each week, um, and uh, so we we really. Not sure. I, I, it's you know the the they say that the 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 coronavirus uh, uh, caseload is is plateauing. Well, you might say that in a different way. Maybe instead of a plateau, it's a canyon, the Grand Canyon, and we're just <laughs> floating down on the bottom of our, of the economy here. And who knows when we're going to start climbing back up? Yeah, they keep talking about climb. Yeah, they keep talking about a, a, a not, it's not really going to be a V kind of uh, economy, but, you know, we don't know. We, it's all, everybody's just speculating at this point, and we can only hope for the best, but right now it's looking kind of bleak. Anyway, Bob, actually, in another, in our coming issue, you'll be doing your annual mid-year review, checking how the economy is doing, you know, at, in the mid, at the mid, mid-term of the year, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely myself personally very eager to see what's going on there because you know talking to businesses and seeing what, what how they're taking stock of how things are going right now but anyway Bob thanks yeah. very much for talking and uh, we'll be right back after this we'd like to thank Harvard Pilgrim for supporting down to business while so much has changed, Harvard Pilgrim's commitment to their members and the local community has not. Whether you're looking to shake it up, stretch it out, or get centered, Harvard Pilgrim's new live virtual well-being courses have you covered with Zumba, yoga, guided mindfulness, and more. All courses are available to everyone at no cost. Get more details and check out the class schedule at harvardpilgrim.org slash home. Hi, we're back, and now we're going to switch gears, as we often do in the second part, and we're going to be talking with Lisa Ryla, our associate editor. Uh, and Lisa has been exploring something that I would argue is the one part of government that everyone has contact with, no matter what. It's there's, I mean, you could say the IRS, but a lot of people don't have to file taxes and things of that nature. But what they do is they have access to and receive mail from the U.S. Postal Service. And the Postal Service has been coming under fire lately politically and also economically. It's been battered by, by COVID-19. And Lisa's been looking at it from the New Hampshire perspective. So, Lisa, could you talk a little bit about what, what you found so far? 
Well, the Postal Service, um, you know, I think everyone knows that over the years we've been mailing less and less as we rely, rely more on uh, email and other sort of digital services. Uh, but especially now with the coronavirus where we had businesses on lockdown, stay-at-home orders, um, you know, some businesses have chosen to, well, there's a multiple reasons why we're seeing less advertisements in the mail. And so that's a big thing with the Postal Service has uh, seen less advertisements, less first-class mail as well. And so that's hitting them economically. Um, on the bright side, uh, consumers are buying more online, so there are more packages coming through. But as the, you know, it's it's a complicated situation because the Trump administration will talk about, Trump himself will talk about, uh, you know, raising the prices on certain items, raising prices on packages. There probably will be some sort of postal rate increases in the future on different products. Um, but that's not going to be enough to save the postal service. Um, so I, I can go further into that, but yeah, the, it's a very complicated issue they're facing right now. Yeah. What, what is, now I do know that they have a, a massive deficit right now and what's the solution that's being proposed and could you explain, you know, what the hurdle is on this? Well, more immediately, I think Congress might it's being held up a little bit right now, but Congress might pass a relief package where there will be some funds to um, plug some holes at the Postal Service. And uh, I don't know yet if they will receive any sort of hazard pay. They've talked about that. Um, but more so, well, the the postal unions really want to tackle this pension issue they've been um, faced with since about 2006 when there was uh, supposed to be postal reform and really they were stuck with this um, thing where they had to pre-fund their pensions like way far in advance. I mean, it's amazing because even municipalities and, and you know, you think firefighters, all the different types of folks that still have pensions and they're not paying their pensions far out in advance, but the postal service is restricted to doing this. So that is something where um, they're not, I, I think they, they've already stopped making some of those payments and there's no penalty for that, but there was law requiring them to put a lot of their cash towards these pensions for future workers and they've been held up that way. Uh, the, the other thing is that, um, I mean, frankly, they're they're losing money on some products. And so they're, they need to, they're really highly regulated with Congress. And, um, you know, people talk to me about the Postal Service. It's interesting because they're supposed to be an independent kind of agency, but they're really this quasi-governmental agency where they're restricted in some ways from raising their postal rates too much, but it also prevents them from ha being um, pr any sort of profitability. Um, so I spoke actually a local source at New Hampshire Print and Mail, and they provide um, like printing services as well as bulk mail services, and they'll pre-sort the mail so that they, um, you know, take any sort of advertisements or nonprofits often will have mailers um, promoting events or fundraisers in the past. And um, they, the owner there told me that uh, really, he thinks, I mean, the Postal Service has been praised for their, obviously, like, they will deliver to the house at the end of the dirt road. They have an extensive network that even FedEx and UPS, um, people might not realize that FedEx and UPS will sometimes put packages through the Postal Service to make sure that it gets to um, where they're supposed to go. 
But uh, the, you know, he was telling me that really we need to consider closing some um, postal service locations, especially where we might have locations where, you know, as, I think in Manchester, you know, there's a few that are within like a 15 minute radius. And so we could close one and just drive a little further to the other one in order to save costs. And that's, I think, what it is when we talk about whether we should privatize the postal service. It's how do we maintain its extensive network and the, you know, as the constitution says what it's supposed to do, but also have it operating in the black because it's got a lot of challenges that it's facing. Yeah, because actually, you know, I know I've learned this from being in New Hampshire all these years that Every time there's talk about closing a post office, it becomes extremely controversial. Even in the smallest, smallest town you can imagine, it becomes a, uh, you know, just a big cause for people to keep their post office open. And even though, you know, logically speaking, you know, you're saying, well, you know, the general store is not open anymore. Why is the, why is the post office? Yeah, it's like, you know, we're talking about uh, an institution that is important to a lot of people. They just, I think I can't let go of it, but it's interesting because it doesn't seem to get the beginning to support by, you know, the top leaders uh, that that it seems as if the people on, you know, who, who use the service every day have for it. Well, I think, too, it's one of those things where especially when we I asked someone about postal reform and I was a, uh, someone who's high up at the American Postal Workers Union. And he told me oh, Congress just never has the appetite to really tackle postal reform but the problem is i mean how long can you kick the can down the road um so uh, there's a there's a few things there i mean i did want to highlight some numbers with nationwide there are more than 31,000 retail post office locations and in new hampshire it looks like there's approximately 236 and as you mentioned you know it's funny the postal service because you might not think about it in the day to day, but when you think about one closing, all of a sudden, you know, people, um, it, I mean, it's good that we all value the postal service, but we need to figure out um, how that's going to work. Because, for instance, looking at the recession back in 2008, 2009, there was a drop in obviously uh, direct mail then, and especially um, from uh, credit card offers. That was a big thing that was circulating through the mail. And apparently, um, my source tells me at the American Workers Postal the American Postal Workers Union that um, after the recession, they ne it never picked up again. They were hoping that you know direct mail would pick up again. It never did. Now with the coronavirus, has taken another hit at direct mail, and um, and you know looking at the prices too of mail, there there's definitely they could increase that somewhat, but it's always a it's a tricky situation because if you increase the postal rates too much, you're going to lose volume. So they're, then, then you're going to lose revenue. So yeah. it's a very complicated situation. Well, you know, judging by the last primary we had in New Hampshire, the presidential primary, just hire Tom Steyer to be the postmaster general. He loved sending that direct mail. <laughs> one, yes, one and that's day. the one thing that will... <laughs> That will help them this year with the political mail, but that's what they're worrying is what is what is 2021 going to be like for the Postal Service because they're not going to have those political mailings. No, that's very true. It's been, and it's been a bonanza this year, you know, just being in New Hampshire with all the candidates that we had for quite a while, that there was a lot of mail but, being, you know, in, in, the, in the key states, not obviously not nationally. It's, it's oh, what, yeah. I, 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 oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, no, sir. I was going to note, though, that um, I mean, I when you look at businesses and uh, utilizing the mail, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I spoke with Ryan Barton at Mainstay Technologies a while back, and he noted that, you know, they're an IT firm, very high tech, no problem with working remotely, but they still had someone coming into the office to check what mail was coming through. Yeah. So um, it, it makes the point that even though we have moved to email and we do have um, you know ways to communicate digitally there's always going to be um, something coming through the mail and that's why you know the postal service will always be important to us because um, you know you got some notices about car registrations hospitals send stuff out and especially nonprofits um, mm. they're still going to be sending out um, you know they want to get the attention of their donors uh, to consider further donations and future events whenever those you know are allowed. Yeah, and as people who work in the print media mostly, you know, that's a big deal, print. You know, it's a different, it's a different uh, product, and it's a different way of attracting people's attention. But that's a, that's a, discussion, exactly. that's a discussion for our marketing experts. <laughs> right, or No, I was going to say, well, uh, <laughs> we send our, yes, we send absolutely. our newspaper through the mail, and it's available online, so. That's right, absolutely. You got to have it both ways. Anyway, Lisa, thanks very much for explaining that to us. And, you know, it's really something that's going to be going on for, it's, as you said, it's been going on for decades and it's going to keep going on. But, it, you know, as many other things involving the government, uh, it takes a while for our elected officials to actually own up to doing something. And we'll see if it happens this time with the Postal Service. Anyway, thanks again, Lisa. And also thanks to Bob Sanders and thanks to Ernesto Burden, our publisher and producer. And that was the Danza Business Podcast. Hope to see you next week. This is Jeff Feingold signing off.